1: whiskey 61 lounge inside the bank plus studio you
0: are listening
1: to mississippi's number one sports talk show the out of bounds show with bo Bow. streaming worldwide live on the out of bounds radio app and on your radio at espn
0: 105.9 the
1: soul I think all of our gold chain discussion with Jason is gonna be brought to you by USA Pawn. Anytime we mention Jason's gold chain, it's gonna be powered by USA Pawn's mega, mega, mega store. Um I fifty five South McDowell Road, um which pays for a lot of Jason's vacations. So and, and fun <laughs> trips. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, don't forget about the bacon appetizer at uh, Kessler Prime and the Renaissance and a, uh, and a bone-in ribeye, KesslerPrime.com. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. And uh, some people are giving me a hard time that I have a, a busy day. So I think four hours in studio, I got to make a ten twenty meeting, then an eleven thirty lunch, and then a 4 o'clock meeting. I think that's a power pack day. You may not. I do, but I'm getting made fun of on the Ag Up equipment text line, which is, keep keep it coming, 601-885-3776. Twitter handle, at bowbound's Bounds, big debate on whether Hale State football can win a conference game. Uh, I'm not convinced whatsoever. I think their best opportunity will be at Arkansas, um, and I don't consider that like a really good opportunity, but. If you had to ask me out of all the games, that's the best. I think at Auburn and at A&M are off the table, Kentucky long shot, old Miss long shot. So that's my handy. How do you like that handicapping brought to you by out of bounds? You like that? All right. There we go. <laughs> now we're talking. Now I'm a handicapper. <laughs> there we go.
2: I mean, if but if Arnett doesn't, what does it mean if state doesn't get this win? Against Arkansas next week, the march down
1: the stretch could be. If they lose that game, it's uh, it will continue to get ugly, and then they're gonna. It'll ha- be more pressure on the Kentucky game at home. Mm. They're not winning at Auburn or A and M, so A and M's A M's better than people think, Jason. They've just got two losses. So we yeah. we go dumb down sports guy and and they're 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 nasty in the trenches. They played, uh, uh they gave the game away against Bama. Um, you know, I I thought some yeah, I don't know how to, well, I would know how to call plays. I'm not saying I would call good plays in football, but I'm not a play caller. And uh, but I did think that Jimbo will Muschamp, even though Jimbo's an offensive mind. And there's just certain coaches that are conservative, and conservative doesn't win. Now, if you're Georgia and you you got more talent, you can kind of do what you want to do for a long time throughout the game and then go get it with Brock Bowers, that's different. But only one or two teams can play like that. Um, Georgia was able to do that a long time against Auburn. I mean, a long time. And then overall, and give Kirby smart credit or whoever's running. I mean, I know Kirby's not running the offensive side of the football. I understand that Mike Bobo is their offensive coordinator. But at some point late in the game, they decided we got to go get the win. Yeah, yeah. Most teams can't do that. High school football, you can do that. You can kind of just play. If if you've got a ton of talent, you can play conservative, play conservative, play conservative, then go get the win. Doesn't always work out, by the way. But you can do that. When you're at A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, you got to play aggressive football. Yeah, maybe not going for it on You have on every nothing fourth. to lose. <laughs> You're not supposed to win all these games. You know, freeze at Ole Miss. Freeze will do it at Auburn when he gets a quarterback. Lane at Ole Miss, it bites him every now and then, but it he 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 called the game to win in the fourth quarter against LSU. LSU got a little. All, all it takes is literally just slightly. Letting your foot off the gas. And it's a different play. It's just a different approach. It's a different play call. Okay? Yeah. And, and so A&M, to me, they got conservative. And I got to give Bama credit. They came out in the second half, and they let Jalen Milrow go. And that was a Jermaine Burton welcome party. It I, was. It was. Mean. <laughs> And Milrow, we talked about could you accelerate the last couple of games in September or early October? Because now you are who you are. Okay. Ole Miss accelerated some. But let me tell you, tell you who really accelerated. Georgia and Bama the last couple of weeks. That's why when we were saying the SEC is down, the SEC is down. Well, there may be a lot of teams that are, that are down or just solid. But it looks like Georgia and Bama accelerated, really took – a step forward the last couple of weeks. And if that's who they are, if this was the last weekend, last weekend, (sighs) ooh, and to me, Georgia just really took that step out and said, oh, yeah, we're still a monster. We'll beat you a number of different ways. And when you can beat someone, when you can do that as a team, when you can win and, you know, set, a variety of ways. Yeah, yeah. How powerful is that? Oh, confidence. Because one of the, a couple of those ways may not be there for you. It's just part of being a human. Of course. Yeah. So on a Saturday, you just may not be clicking in this particular, all right, this is what we want to do, but it ain't working. Oh, but we, we've got, we've got more tools. Right. Okay. And we, we, we have more options. Most teams, even good teams, not great. Good teams can only win one way. Very true. Georgia, yeah. Did what they did, but at Bama with twenty with six six passing plays at twenty plus yards. What? From Jalen Milroe who you know looked like a deer in headlights, then the Alabama staff, including Nick Saban, made a terrible decision not playing him against South Florida and giving him more reps, which cost them some offense the next week against Ole Miss, because he didn't even play the week before. And then you noticed as he started playing because he didn't play much last year. Bryce Young played, right? I mean, Milroe played, whatever. It doesn't matter. Nine snaps last year, but he is playing more, playing more. And then they started to figure a few things out against Ole Miss, but what they look like against a And M,
2: man, and that that defense is nasty.
1: Well, they're <laughs> they're getting they're getting a little bit better. You're right, that front is really getting physical. AM's yes. front is very physical. Georgia's front is very physical. Fi- we talked about if you can you know, Bartu still wants to stand up on the table and yell from the mountaintops. Defense still wins championships, but we love offense. That's what we're going to talk about on Sports Talk Radio. Well yeah it's what you're going to talk about with your buddies when you're when you're drinking Stella Artois, you know, this afternoon on your back patio. It's what we're going to do. Quarterbacks are fun. Wide receivers are fun. Explosive plays are fun. Right? No doubt. But when you look at the metrics and you run the numbers and it spits out all the analytics since 2000, national championship teams, there are some exceptions Auburn with Cam, Joe Burrow with LSU. Okay. That wasn't a bad defense, it just wasn't elite. But man, Bama's had elite defenses, Georgia's had elite defenses, Ohio State. Okay. Yeah. Those are a lot of national championships right there. Clemson. We, all we want to talk about is Tebow and Urban. That, those two Florida defenses were nasty. You're exactly right on Clemson, too. They could flat-out play on that side of the ball. With, and they had one of the best defensive coordinators in Brent Venables. Think about the national championships. Kirby Smart at Bama, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Brent Venables, two at Clemson, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Dave Aranda, LSU, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Yeah. But don't forget that Bama had six plays at 20-plus yards through the air. Who would have thought? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Just four weeks ago, we didn't think the guy could hit the broadside of a barn. Evidently, some adjustments have been made. He's more comfortable, and he's got more snaps under his belt. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the brand-new Napa Auto Parts Store, I-55 North in Jackson. Check it out. It's a beautiful store, too. Napa Auto Parts Store, I-55 North in jackson we've got uh, ron fowler roll tide ron fowler at nine o'clock bama insider
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: You know, I was thinking about uh, National Sausage Pizza Day, and we had mentioned Sal and Mookie's and Angelo's. And I'm thinking of local places, you know, good local places. One that I forgot, and I haven't had a pizza there from there in a long time, too long, really, uh, is Fertizzi's. Ooh, I haven't been to Fertizzi's in forever. It's probably been a year or so since I picked up a to-go order. Um, that red sauce is divine. Um, but yeah, when you hit on the right pizza, yeah, loaded up with some sausage pizza from Fertizzi's, and a really really good glass of Wilderness Trail bourbon, or or a really good glass of red wine. Ooh, and that Fertizzi salad dressing. Have you ever had that? I have not. Well, you're not living. Wow! Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> no. um, it's uh, it's delicious. Mm, mm, mm. Add a little red pepper to your salad. That's my jam right there. With with the Italian, I'm not Italian. With the well, it, with the frittesy's dressing house. Yes, of course. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know I haven't had a lot of pizza lately, uh, but I did meet a friend last week. Uh, it's Salad Mookie's in the Eastover district, and we got the slice and a Caesar salad. Ooh, it was delicious. Ooh, it was delicious. Are it's you lunch, a... you know the lunch special? You can get it in just a few minutes. Right. Yeah. Boom. It's Amazing. Are you a
2: thin crust guy, or you go classic? Hand well, this tossed? is New York style. Okay? okay. Okay.
1: So I love the New York style. Um, I really do. But yeah, I, I love I love thin crust. I want a little. I don't like a a, a flimsy, soggy pizza. Mm. You know, I want that crust to have a little bit of a little,
2: little bit crunch, of crunch to it. A
1: little. It doesn't have to be crazy, but a little bit. What about you?
2: Yeah, I'm a. I I actually like a good cheap pizza. Pizza, like I like a like a New York like dollar 2 two dollar slice of pizza, and it's like it's greasy, cheap. Uh, Pepperonis are curled up. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's my style. Okay. I mean, I've had that on the streets of New York, but that's, and that's good in the moment. Uh, but there's
2: better options. <laughs> I see what you mean. It's just preference. It's like, you know, I still like ramen noodles.
1: They're not well, great. That's a problem. That's They're... why you're that's why your <laughs> nickname's Cracker Barrel right now. I like, yeah, I like Cracker Barrel. I mean, we've got some other options here. Um, J Chain, Jason Freshwater, Sparky, Sparky, <laughs> Flavor Jay. Did somebody really say bulldozer? Yes,
2: bulldozer uh, Deuce is on here. Um, I think it was Deuce for like uh,
1: the double Deuce. Patrick Swayze Roadhouse.
2: I was thinking McAllister, but
1: <laughs> but uh, that that probably works why, too. Why? How would you be? I don't understand how you'd be tight. First of all, that guy's athletic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, and easy. You know, I think you're the guy with the three and a half, four and a half inch vertical leap. Five you, and a half. Yeah. Give it to me. Um, I didn't even think about that either. I could incorporate you into, you do, I don't remember the year the roadhouse came out, let's say 86, 87. Yeah. You look like a guy that could, that could be one of the bouncers. In rural Kansas at Roadhouse. Okay. That's incredible. I can dig that. We were talking about Baker Mayfield's brother, Gardner Minshew's cousin. This is amazing. Out of bounds, ESPN (laughs) 105.9 The Zone. Did I go hardcore sports in the last segment? I think we did. Talking about Bama and Georgia? Yeah. Wow. And defense
2: wins national championships and that sort of thing? Yeah. Do you think that Kentucky understands
1: what the deal is now with Georgia?
2: Oh, well, is it? I mean... Everybody this year was like, oh, the SEC's in a down year. Bama doesn't look good. Georgia doesn't look good. Let's see how it goes. And then it's Nick Saban. He's still Nick Saban. Kirby Smart still is going to have a defense. Yeah. Still has talent. Or
1: maybe it's elite talent is elite talent is elite talent. And it it can mask so much of, you know, what you don't, maybe what you're not doing well. Yeah. Or what you don't have necessarily. But if you're, if you, if you got Beast in the line of scrimmage, um, and a few other players sprinkled around, man. Doesn't it make your job a lot easier on a Wednesday morning? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> with uh, five stars everywhere. Yeah, with with five stars everywhere. Um, would you have Bama number two? Well, I mean, I know Georgia's number one. Yeah, yeah. Now we're in a debate. Now that Texas is lost. Florida State's still unscathed. Now Oklahoma. I'm still not buying, but I got to give mm. Venables and them credit. Um, I got to I got to give Venable's credit. I you know I'm not I'm not sold on on this whole experiment. I don't believe that Jeff Levy's some kind of boy wonder offensive coordinator. Um, but we'll see what plays out. I mean, the Big Twelve is super weak this year. I would think the two elite recruiters should take advantage of that, right, Jason? I mean, they're yeah. better they're better than everybody else in that league, right? I mean, when they roll out against Kansas, TCU's not any good. What did Tom Luganville tell? No. Was it Luganville? Anyway, somebody. Uh, you know, we we went all, we got all hot and bothered um, early in the year. TCU had lost their quarterback, their receivers, and three or four starting offensive linemen. And we thought, you know, they they were going to be awesome. And they're, they're not a team like these teams that can win big one year, but you can't sustain it. Right, right. Oh, let me go. Baylor's not good. Mm, Texas no, Tech's not no, good. Nope and And the list goes on and on, so number one would be Georgia Michigan's playing like some dudes they are we're still not sure what Ohio State has on offense they're they're I, I know what marvin Harrison jr is that well, i am talking about their 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 tackles and just kind of their rhythm and explosive right, right. plays and and that. Uh, Texas is now done, although they could win their way back into the college football playoff if they play Texas and Oklahoma again in the Big 12 championship. they ain't be, I don't think they're beating Georgia, but but they could win their way back in. They haven't been a part of the college football playoff. Um, they have been a part of the BCS National Championship and won it and went back and played Bama uh, and lost. Uh, I don't believe in Oklahoma playing Georgia. I, yeah, I think no. Oklahoma just went through the stretch that Ole Miss and Mississippi State went. The The grueling physicality of having to play LSU and Bama and then another SEC team um, within a three-week run that they would be in super-duper trouble and exposed. Levy would be exposed. Venables would be exposed. Roof would be exposed. However, they're rolling, and they're a big brand. And we'll see. Southern Cal, their defense couldn't stop. I mean, Mississippi State's offense would score on them. Man, they're so bad. (laughs) Kentucky would rip off. Kentucky would... I know Kentucky's just coming off a, a humiliating loss. Uh, they did play Georgia. but And I know they only scored 13 points. But Kentucky's, and they can't throw, and nobody can ever throw with Mark Stoops. No. He's going to run the foot. I mean, that, it is a 1977-driven thing, and it's worked for him. He's become a rich man. But they play nasty defense. They're tough as hell in the trenches, and they run the football. But here's the deal, Jason. If Southern Cal played Kentucky on a neutral field, Would Kentucky score some? Yes, but Kentucky would impose their will with that running game. Ooh, Southern Cal's yeah. defense is terrible. Yes, they I, are. I'm not buying Oregon as national championship worthy, but I may be wrong. They may have enough, believe it or not. They may be the first West Coast team in a long time that has enough in the line, Not to beat Joel, but to, to, to make it and make it interesting. Because Bo Nix can flat out play and he is overshadowed because of Caleb Williams. He is a dude, and he can play ball. And we yes. we won't ever shake because this is how we are as guys and sports fans. We'll only remember him as a freshman and sophomore at Auburn. Because that's how we do. True, yeah. He can play, man. Could Oregon be in the mix? Could Michigan be in the mix with Georgia? And could Bama surprise continue to surprise us and be in the mix? SEC Insider Hit coming up next. we were talking about Heather Locklear earlier and uh, Jason actually knew who she was. Now people are texting me pictures of her from the seventies and eighties. And I guess nineties. I'm not sure. Um, but I recognize she was a beautiful woman and Jason, did you say you knew who Heather Locklear was? Yes. I I mainly knew her from like,
2: She was references, you know, like she'd be mentioned in pop songs and stuff like that. And that's why one time I looked her up, you know, like rap and that sort
1: of thing. Oh, okay. I, uh, yeah, she was married to Tommy Lee. I had that right earlier. Um, oh, and then Richie Sambora. I forgot about that. Jason, you know who Richie Sambora is? No. (laughs) He's, uh, the guitarist for Bon Jovi okay you know i saw bon jovi in um hangout fest like 15 years ago on the beach really at hangout it may not have been hangout it may not have been it was it was the early stages of the big hangout festival now that's more college driven right 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 maybe it wasn't but i think it was hangout festival i don't know if they had named it that yet some we were we were doing our stuff with turquoise place and we ended up with some VIP tickets. Believe it or not, they had a VIP section, which was great in the grand scheme of things. You're on the beach, you're in this, you know, it's like a a tent that's kind of a couple of tents that, that are roped off where you could get beverages. No okay. lines. Yeah, yeah. It's right up, you know, bow, no lines. That's a good thing. And yeah, we saw uh, Bon Jovi. And... Uh, um. Richie Sambora was there. He was married to Heather Locklear. 94 to 2000. She didn't waste much time between Tommy Lee and Richie Sambora. Did you know that? Because Tommy Lee, she ended her marriage with him in 93. He was the drummer for Motley Crue. Did you know that?
2: I, I knew that. Well, I. Thank I, God. I mean, you're.
1: You are you know, I don't know if you'll still be employed tomorrow. When we were going down the road here, you didn't know what an I rock Z was. OK, well, that's not my fault. I mean, how many people my age know what an IROC-Z is? Well, I mean, you've had access to everything because you've had a phone in your hands since you were five years old. <laughs> well, well, I did. I started off with the GoPhone. Okay,
2: I wasn't a, I wasn't, a, I, yeah, I wasn't a uh, an I iPhone. Even,
1: what is that? Like a, a knockoff of a BlackBerry?
2: No, GoPhones were like those little. They they looked like they were like this big around, like a, just a, an oval. And all you could do, you had a couple numbers on there. You couldn't surf the internet or anything, and you loaded minutes onto it. You remember when you no were like... No kidding. Yeah, yeah. That was I never my, did that. That but, was my uh, first phone in fifth grade. That is so
1: awesome. Loaded minutes on a Go phone.
2: Yeah, that used Damn. to be a huge thing. You remember when like, AT&T would always uh, advertise rollover minutes because like people would have minutes, a certain amount of minutes each month. I forgot about
1: that. Rollover minutes. That's uh, that's incredible. Can I get back to Heather Lockman oh, real quick? By okay. all means. By all means. <laughs> um, by the way, she went to UCLA, so we can incorporate sports here. Yeah, yeah. UCLA. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, John Wooden, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, any number. Of, uh, well, hey, Troy Aikman transferred from Oklahoma to UCLA, right? He didn't want to run the wishbone. Can you blame him? Yeah, I can't even. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, uh i had forgotten all about that she was married to Richie Sambora. Um This is a picture here of both of them. They are pretty people. This is 1994. She's done some things, you know, later in her life that didn't work out, but was, you know, beautiful woman for for years and years and years. Um I can't figure out da 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 da, da. Oh, she had a, she had a child with Richie Sambora. I don't get the sense that she did with Tommy Lee, but I may be, I may be missing out. Um, wow. She made 1994 clothing look good. That's uh impressive right there. So <laughs> her, many people, no, I mean, 84 was worse, but 94, we were getting there, but Holy smokes. She, so her big, her big shows were dynasty. I loved dynasty. God, mm. I was full of drama and backstabbing. Um, Melrose Place, we mentioned that one earlier. TJ Hooker and Spin City. I don't understand why. I guess she wasn't in that. Okay. Anyway, she's 62 years old. Wow. Amazing. I mean, she was like America's sweetheart for 10 years or 15. But then she married the bad boy of Tommy Lee, the drummer, with Motley Crue. And so I think that helped her career a little bit because she looked like you know how we like to um it's like mary lou retton when she was in the olympics in 1984 she was like america's sweetheart for a year okay but heather locklear was america's sweetheart i mean she she was on the wall it was back in the poster days
2: oh you missed those
1: yeah i didn't if you grew up in the 70s or 80s you had posters all over your wall I had NBA players, but there was a, a poster of Heather Locklear or Kathy Smith, I think, that at least 50 to 70% of guys had on their wall. And maybe, uh, mm. oh, we mentioned her last week. There was one more icon, female icon. Who was it? Mm. Remember who we were talking about that was? Wildly popular in the late 70s.
2: I know he mentioned Marsha Brady,
1: but I, no, yeah, I don't but think that would... I, But then I transitioned in from Marcia Brady to... I can't remember her name. I don't know why. Well, yeah. we're about to talk sports with yeah. uh, Michael Bratton. Uh, he's got a heck of a podcast. Yeah, Farrah Fawcett. Thank you, Brian. Farrah Fawcett. It, it was Farrah Fawcett. Now, Farrah Fawcett was bigger than Heather... Lock... Well, yeah, she was. Uh, I mean, Heather Locklear was big. But I guess Farrah Fawcett was bigger, a bigger icon. That's, I think so. But I, I don't want to downgrade or demean Heather Locklear for I was I was yeah. I was in love with her from '83 to '93. So
2: that that was like the that was like the teenage crush. Well, the guy I that, went
1: from Heather Locklear or the early '90s to Halle Berry.
2: Okay, gotcha.
1: You're talking about gorgeous.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and then what well, that was Halle Berry's like era and then
1: and then everybody fell in love with jennifer aniston Mm. and now i wouldn't even know who your group who would you say is so i'm i'm framing up farrah fawcett heather locklear hallie Berry, and jennifer aniston okay this is over a 30-year stretch okay who would be the equivalent of your age group
2: Ooh, i don't know see growing up we had like we have actresses who were like on disney channel like i loved Selena Gomez. That was my crush growing Selena up.
1: Selena Gomez. Yes. Okay. You're not familiar? I know who that is. This this isn't someone that I'm thinking is in the same uh league. I'm first of all, let me let me just try to get my Do we have a wiki? Here we go. All right. She's 31, so she's a little bit older than you. Yeah. And you went with Selena Go- Gomez. All right, that's that's pretty disappointing. But uh, wow, what? I mean, would you consider like smoke show hot? I Selena Gomez is a good looking lady. Okay, anybody else come to mind? I mean, I'm think I've got I've got Halle Berry, Farrah Fawcett, Heather Locklear, and Jennifer Aniston on my. T- I mean, that's well. I mean, growing up, when my friend first told me who Brooklyn Decker was, who oh she she's now Christy Brinkley. Okay. Remember her? I don't think so. You know, we may have to take, you may need to take a time out and watch a lot <laughs> of, of late seventies, early to mid eighties stuff. And this weekend okay. you're not trying, you need to watch St. Elmo. You probably still, you and Miranda still haven't watched St. Elmo's fire. We need to call Michael by the way. All right. So let's transition talk sports. Let's go hardcore sports with Michael Braddon. Um, he's got the uh the super cool s e c podcast he's in Nashville and he's eating up with it like we are or like you are and he's got that s e c podcast uh and we he calls himself s e c mike that's that's hardcore sports i love it he'll join us on the farm bureau insurance guest line bundle your car and home and save with your local farm bureau insurance agent i want to tell you about spring street cigars in Meridian. Beautiful shop. Startwell, Casiesco, Oxford Tupelo, couple in DeSoto County. If you're looking for a premium cigar or several for college football, the NFL, you know, after a great steak dinner, Spring Street cigars, all of them have lounges where you can smoke. This is ESPN 1059 The Zone. We are the Out of Bounds Show. We want to welcome in our friend uh, Michael Bratton, S E C Mike host of That SEC Podcast. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Big Mike, what's up, buddy? How are you?
3: Hey, doing great, Bo. A long, long, long time fan. So it's always an honor to join your show. Dude,
1: you've you've got it going on. I'm happy for you. Um, Congratulations. Let's let's talk a little Texas A&M and Tennessee balls. So uh, Tennessee has a nice team. Um, but Joe Milton's not accurate. I, I think A&M is actually really, really good, even though they have two losses, super physical, nasty defensive line. And Petrino has made them better on offense. When you're handicapping this game, what is 10? Cause I like A&M in it. What does Tennessee need to do to win this game?
3: Well, I would agree with you right off the bat. Uh, and, and this is coming from a Tennessee grad. I mean, I, I see a lot of things that are that favor Texas A&M in this ball game, but, uh, you know, the one problem with the Aggies, Bo, is uh, they got a head coach named Jimbo Fisher, who I think is immediate. <laughs> so So uh, he can blow this game, certainly. Uh, but Tennessee has won 13 in a row at home, uh, A&M. They've not won a, a true road game since uh, the 2021 season. I, I think they've lost eight in a row. Uh, wow. But t- Tennessee has got to run the ball because I – for all the hype of, of how far Joe Milton can throw the ball, that was cute, wasn't it? But he can't hit uh, a slant. You know, he can't hit uh, a 15-yard out down the field for whatever reason. He's just so streaky. But Tennessee currently leads the SEC in rushing. And how about this, Bo? They're 12th in rushing attempts. So I don't know that I've ever seen such a, a stat like that. Now, they, they've not played many elite rushing defenses. And A&M – as we saw last week, I mean, that front, you can't run on them. So can Tennessee run on them? I I don't think they can. It's going to force Joe Milton to beat them. And uh how about this, Bo? I mean, Tennessee's I think right now the hardest team to read in the SEC cuz we just we just haven't seen them in enough games. We we saw them get embarrassed at Florida. They they beat the brakes off South Carolina, but they're not any good. They South Carolina's essentially two players playing at a high level and, and everybody else is average to below average. But Tennessee is about to face the SEC's number one rush defense in A&M, number four in Alabama, number two in Kentucky, number five in Missouri, and number three in Georgia. So that their next five wow. are just the top five rush defenses in the SEC. If Tennessee can run through all of them, who knows? They may go to the college football playoff, but I, I have no faith that that they can do that.
1: Man, that's some tough defenses that the Tennessee Volunteers have coming up. Wow, Hypo and the crew are going to have their hands full. He's an excellent, excellent offensive coach. I just, like you said, I don't know if they can get the ground game going. We're visiting with Michael Bratton, uh, SEC insider. He joins us on the Out of Bounds show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We've got A&M and Tennessee. This, the, here are the two big games, A&M at Tennessee and Auburn at LSU. So, Michael Bratton, because of last year, um, is everybody still just fired up and and rallying around Josh Hypo, And even though this may not be a great year for Tennessee, they still believe that Hypo uh, and the crew have this whole program going in the right direction?
3: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the job he's done is, is tremendous. But I just think they've just not hypo necessarily, but the fans, you know, you know how they are, Bo. I mean, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. They rally around the next guy. Joe Mills is going to be even better than Hendon hooker. You know, he's better, (laughs) more physically imposing. Uh, Like I said, he can throw it 80, 90 yards. That was a, that was a fun, cute story, but he's just inaccurate. And you just, at a high level, you know, you can get away playing South Carolina doing that, but Mm -hmm. that, that stretch, I just told you, A&M at Bama, Georgia, you, you can't, you can't have that. So, Hey, can he get hot? Not for all those games, I wouldn't think. But for one or two of them and, and pull some upsets, I, I believe they can. They, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. A&M's coming off a brutal physical game where they, they just physically got dominated in the second half. That's what happened against against Alabama. So, uh, And, and again, going back to Jimbo, I, I was not kidding. I mean, I think he's awful. I think they should have already fired him. And we have seen Bo where they have culture issues down there. How will that roster react? Losing that big game, they always play better against Alabama than in anybody they face. True. Now they've they've just lost at home. Uh, what's that? What's the locker room like there? Uh, yeah. Particularly if they get down on the road, it's it's going to be a rowdy environment. Like I said, Tennessee's won 13 in a row at home. They do have a really good home field advantage.
1: Yeah, and you just make a great point, Michael Bratton, uh, his podcast, that SEC podcast. Now with the balance of power shifting a little bit, some would argue a lot where players have more power and they can throw a fit and they're getting paid. Um, how do you keep the locker room together when you're losing? I think it's tougher now than ever. And I'm four. I'm four players getting paid, but I think it's tougher now than ever because they've got agents and third party flesh peddlers and they're getting paid monthly stipends outside of what the school pays them. That's a great point. Can, can Jimbo keep this A&M team Nose to the grindstone. Petrino's an excellent O.C. Durkin's a good D.C. And yet, y'all are favored. You're favored in this game. Michael, does that surprise you?
3: No, because I think because of um, A&M just, just laying an egg in the second half on national television, I, I would imagine that would sway the betting public and, and just the game being at Tennessee. But as someone that follows this as closely as I do, that that is a surprise. Because... I, I'm again I'm right there with you. I think A and M's the better team and and particularly on the line of scrimmage where it matters. Yes. A&M should have a, a advantage. I I think on maybe not on both sides of the you know, this surprised me both that uh, I got this from our, our buddy Dave Bartu, who's he's just the best out there, but uh scoring efficiency. Tennessee, number three in the SEC and defensive scoring efficiency. So their defense has been playing quite well. Again, the competition's about to ramp up, so take that for what it's worth. But uh, I'm not surprised at all if this is a low-scoring game. Okay. Uh, Michael Bratton on the Out of Bounds
1: Show, driven by your next John Deere tractor at Ag Up Equipment. Um, let's go. What did you think about Georgia, Mike? I thought, I thought Georgia really turned the corner in the second half against Auburn. Give them all the credit in the world. They took Auburn's best shot, did what they need to do. And then I thought they accelerated, and really took another step, and and just absolutely hammered Kentucky. And I think we were asking a lot of questions about Georgia early, and they were sleepwalking through a terrible week non-conference schedule. I, I think they're just about right back where they've been the last two years. What'd you see, Mike?
3: Yeah, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. I don't think Georgia should be number one. I I don't think it's I think it's wrong to right? rate teams on what they did the last couple of years and uh, you know I didn't even know if they were the best team in the SEC after the first couple of weeks of the season and it, it's almost like they heard those comments and said well loudmouth, here you go because they just blew the doors off a Kentucky team that uh, you know they should they should blow the doors off a team like that given their talent advantage but I didn't think it would be near as lopsided as it was there mm-hmm. uh, yeah that that is Auburn game I think that's you know Kirby would never say it but i think that's exactly how he would have wanted scripted out to where they would have to have a four quarter battle on the road because they only get, they got that auburn game and they got the tennessee game and and that's essentially their two only their road trips that of any significance so carson beck is getting better and better makes georgia more dangerous and they've had a lot of guys banged up they're they're getting healthy at the right time uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's Georgia and everybody else once again, which uh, to me is a little depressing. I, I like it when there's a little more parity, but uh, fortunately, below Georgia, there, it, it appears there's parity all across the SEC, and I, I include Alabama in that. I don't, I don't think Alabama is, is the caliber of Georgia even. All right, do you okay? All right. Do you think Tennessee has?
1: I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but why not? We're in Sports Talk Radio. Um, do you think? that Bama that Tennessee has a chance in Tuscaloosa next weekend?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I do. And huh? now I could be wrong because I, th- I think uh, Alabama has, has certainly taken some big strides, but I'm just n- still not a fan of, uh, you know, Tommy Reese and, and Jalen Milrose seems very limited in, in what he can do. Now he, he had one heck of a game. He had his best game he's ever had against A&M last week. So I, you have to give him credit for that performance. Sure, Alabama's defense, elite, of course. But um, no, I'm, again, I just I get sick thinking about that game, Bo, because I I went on national television and I, and I vowed Texas A&M would win, and they just dropped it. I mean, I, that was just a choke job I thought by A&M, and and again, uh, maybe I'm not giving enough credit to Alabama, but they just look very beatable, and, and maybe they're just going to win every game by. Uh, you know a sloppy fashion by a small margin maybe sure. and that, that's a mark of a good team right there no doubt but uh i alabama just looks beatable to me nearly week in week out unless they're playing mississippi state or something wow wow
1: you just shot's fire that was that hurt man i mean that that was tough <laughs> i know i know state's the uh second worst team in the league um uh, the only the only thing they've got saving them is is the the mighty Vanderbilt Commodores. And uh it, it's a tough it's a tough one in Startville this year, Michael Bryden. I mean, they're hundred and twelfth in defensive scoring efficiency. And mm-hmm. um there's D three teams they couldn't stop. And I'm not kidding. It's uh on defense. It is bad, bad, bad. All right, man. Um describe, I got one minute, two minutes. Describe what it's like when Peyton Manning comes to Knoxville, Tennessee.
3: <laughs> oh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's like the Pope and the President and uh, the Beatles rolled into one. You know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's his kingdom there, and uh, I'm, I'm actually going to be, I'll be going to this uh, game here in, this weekend, A&M, hanging out with Billy Lucci and them and Paul Feinbaum, but uh, he's got his own bar, Peyton does, Saloon 16, right near the stadium, so, oh. yeah, oh. we're going to be cutting it up and uh, getting some bourbon down there, so yeah it's quite the scene when old peyton rolls into town
1: dude i haven't been to knoxville in a while and um i i'm going back to bourbon country here soon i need to make a stop and go to saloon 16. i did not realize peyton had his own bar that's have you been there before or this will be your first time to go uh this weekend when y'all play a&m
3: yeah this is gonna be my first time so uh, i'm looking forward to it
1: that's awesome man well look congratulations on your success um, doing a great job. Thanks so much for coming on and, and giving us a little peek of uh, A&M and Tennessee. I'm excited about that game and I'm excited about Auburn and LSU. I can't wait to see how both of those play out. Um, Keep it up, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay?
3: Anytime, Bo. I'm here for you. Appreciate Thanks, buddy.
1: Michael Bratton, straight out of Nashville. His podcast, that SEC podcast, he joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. That could be a hell of a football game, Jason. It really could. A&M in Tennessee. We got Tennessee right now on Caesars at minus three and a half. Ooh. I'll take the points. Man. I will. I'll take them. Will it be a defensive game? I got to call my buddy Steven, but I'll take them. I'm going to be on my guys trip this weekend. There's going to be so much betting at the Beach House <laughs> on Saturday morning. <laughs> and they're so funny. I mean, there'll be all these parlays. None of them are going to hit.
2: No. But no. Uh,
1: par- parlay mania, baby. About 9 a.m. Uh, Maybe 10 a.m. As we get the Tito's Vodka Bloody Marys going, maybe fire up the grill. That may be a little ambitious. But the Tito's Vodka Bloody Marys will happen. Good morning. Welcome in. We got Roll Tide Ryan Fowler coming up next. We're going to go back to back. Roll Tide Ryan Fowler straight out of Tuscaloosa coming up next.